I'm Steve, and I've got a cold. I'm sick. I don't have COVID. Stop! Stop saying, "Oh, do you have, do you have COVID, Steve? Does Steve have COVID? Is he doing the podcast with?" COVID? No, I'm not. I'm not fucking doing the podcast with. COVID. I don't have COVID. That's like five times. Stop! Stop asking me that. Uh, I've just got this new sultry tone in my voice. Myers, what do you think of the sultry uh, vocal tone I got going right now? Uh, I'm. I mean, it sounds pretty good uh, sounds it's, nice it's, it's kind of what i've been achieving for the last uh, five years or so doing cigarettes but uh you know <laughs> uh hopefully you have less of a cough but i mean wh- why would the listener really be concerned that you were recording a podcast with covid do they are they under the impression that it's communicable through uh skype or what yeah yeah i mean it is you know, that's they they put the microchips in the vaccine, and you can you can transfer the uh, the virus via sound waves, right, Jack? Yeah, no. If you get on torrenting sites and you try and download Disney products, you will actually just download COVID. Now, it's sort of that. <laughs> yeah, I I try to get Black Widow, and instead I got a black lung, boys. That's just how it goes. <laughs> Jake, how you holding up, man? Well, I'm doing fine, Steve. But I gotta ask: Do you have a cold, or do you have a fever? And the only prescription is more Anna Nicole Smith films. Oh, that it's I I, I don't know, man. I'd you, you ever hear, you ever hear people say it. that uh, you know sometimes the uh, the treatment's worse than, <laughs> than the disease? Just look. Let's let's be honest with our audience. We we don't want to do this one. We don't, nobody we don't nobody, do nobody this. wants to be here this week. But we have an <laughs> obligation to you to keep up our schedule. Steve, back to you. This this is what we do for the people. So Steve made a decision. We're all okay. here now. You, you see how this always falls back on my shoulders. Let me let me tell you a story, dear listener. So a few weeks ago, I was visiting uh, Jack and his lovely wife out in Chicago, and uh, we, we were talking. With COVID, I, my God, how uh, irresponsible! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while while we were super spreading around a major American city. Uh, we had a couple of drinks, and Jack and I were talking about how we we really didn't have anything, you know. After Sean's horror month wrapped up, and then we had Bond, and then we we're like, "Well, what the fuck do we do?" And I was like, "Well, you know, we could we could always do the cinema of Anna Nicole Smith." And Holly uh, said, "That's a great idea. Do that one." So I said, "Okay, all right." But she's never seen one of those movies no. before. Well, so. we don't we don't know. Is that true? Can you confirm that? Yeah, no, no. She she saw one of these and she tapped out. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess we need to sort of set the stage for why we're doing this. Other than Holly thought it was a really good, smart idea. Um, a, a while back, I was watching a a episode of Twenty Twenty. And on this episode of 2020, they were doing like an Anna Nicole Smith thing. Normally they do the, you know, the true, the true crime murdery stuff or the, you know, the guy stole a boat with a million dollars on it stuff. But today was just remembering, it was remembering the life of Anna Nicole Smith. And there was a brief aside where I said to myself, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's an optimism vaccine angle here because they were talking about how she in, in the mid nineties fell on some hard times. And uh, she was unable to win her lawsuit to to get 
a, a billion dollars from her billionaire ex-husband. And uh, she was drunk in public maybe a few too many times, got dropped by guest jeans who had you know, previously made her th their spokesmodel. And so she decided that she needed to make a full transition into cinema. Okay. And previously, she had, she had done a few things here and there. She had done Hudsucker Proxy. Uh, she's in Naked Gun 33 and a third, I believe. Yes. And she decided, okay, well, now it's time for me to, to become a leading lady. She really wanted the Pamela Anderson transition here. And so she decided to do that through direct-to-video action films. So she teamed up with uh, acclaimed writer-director Raymond Martino, who you may know from uh, films such as absolutely nothing you've ever fucking heard of. Uh, and he's also an actor in some other shit. Like, uh, he plays a gang member in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So, th there you go. Uh, this guy's a big nobody. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's done some producing, some writing, but it, not really a director of note, I would say. Anyways, uh, Anna Nicole decides to get into movies. And in the episode of 2020, which is great because it's, it's always horse shit. Like, these people are always being fed lines that they don't think about for more than two seconds. So, like, you know, whoever the fuck uh, host was on there was just like, uh, oh, and then she tried her hand in Hollywood and had some success with films like To the Limit and uh, Skyscraper. <laughs> and then they just show a clip of, like, a car exploding and, like, her holding a gun. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is clearly, and you could tell right away, I know a, a, a 90s DTV look when I see it. And this was just dripping with it. And again, to Anna Nicole's credit, these, these films... They all, they all, they check all the boxes for nineties directed video. If that's, if that's your bag, it's got it all here. So that's how we got here. I saw a three second clip said that looks like shit, but, but why not? Um, and, and then Holly said it was a good idea. Now it's worth noting that I, I didn't finish the episode of 2020. Had I finished the episode, <laughs> I think I would have foreseen the dark turn <laughs> what did you forget taking here <laughs> yeah. did you think this had a happy ending you thought just, she was you... just like fucking still hanging out you or what fool. no i didn't think she was alive i knew she died i didn't know under the exact circumstances and uh i, but I like, but watching... like charles lawton she left behind just this great body of work everyone talks about right <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah people are just talking about it and <laughs> she's just I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't really know what to expect here, but uh, here we are. We made it. Uh, I, so I guess we have to talk about these things. Um, where to begin? Where to begin? I feel like we should, we should try and like tell our audience who the fuck Anna Nicole Smith is because if you're right, if you're they're right. under okay, a certain they, they age or not from know. America, they're probably like, what the fuck? Who could what this the fuck possibly is Anna Nicole Smith? <laughs> okay, okay. We're going to rewind it here. Rewinding it. Who is Anna Nicole Smith? Why are you doing the cinema of Anna Nicole Smith? It, perhaps if you're like one of our, uh, you know, a, a Norwegian listener, you're like, oh, this must be a, a great American thespian I've never heard of. No. <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith uh, grew up small town in Texas. Uh, she married a guy when she was 17, had a kid, 
uh, was working at like a fucking KFC or something. Her dropped, life yeah, dropped, shit. dropped out of school at age 14, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hot, good looking, okay? So what she does, she divorces the scumbag hillbilly husband, and she becomes a stripper, as one does. Now, while she's stripping, wouldn't you know, a billionaire walks in. Well, he doesn't walk in, he's wheeled in, because he's literally 89 years old. <laughs> and... <laughs> And this guy is, he's, he's like, a, he made his fortune in, in like business and petroleum and some other shit. Oh, he's got Koch like Coke brother yeah. money. He yeah, is, he's, he's, he's like part a Coke brother Koch flunky. Uh-huh. And to give you an idea of how old he is, there's like black and white photos of him where you're like, damn, that guy's old. So <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty old. And anyways, uh, Apparently, he he really takes a, a liking to uh, stripper Anna Nicole Smith and uh, just gives her cars, money, all kinds of stuff, begs her, begs her, begs her to marry him. And she says, no, I'm not going to marry you. You got to love me. You can't just buy my love. Uh, but eventually, she gives in and marries a billionaire, which is, is there a greater American story that can be told? Okay. You're beautiful. You get fake breasts, you marry a, a aging billionaire who's going to die and leave you his fortune. It's arguably, I think, the end of this story is an even greater American tale, frankly. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I mean, I don't want this podcast to be dunking on Anna Nicole Smith. I think life did that quite enough uh, at a certain stage. But uh, yeah, it, when, when we say she was like hot she was she was a very particular sort of hot a very uh early 90s american hot yeah. where it just kind of looks like uh a plastic surgeon got a hold of someone and endeavored to make them look exactly like uh marilyn monroe or jane mansfield yeah but like cool marilyn monroe marilyn monroe but she's wearing a jean jacket with has the Tasmanian devil on the sure, back. Sure, sure but i can't <laughs> imagine like imagine her being a stripper she has like the least like physicality of any human i've ever seen <laughs> at least on screen yeah, she, she doesn't look like she moves which is incredible because two of these movies are action films of which she's the lead actress and it does she does not appear to be ostensibly particularly enamored with 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 a movement of any kind or action <laughs> <No>. particularly <laughs> she's not very graceful no. and, and again we're not dunking on her this is just like her physicality is she's just a, a dominant presence she's shaped right. like a like a horny bowling pin. More statuesque, I guess. Well, yeah. photogenic, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Like, she photographs very well. Obviously, you could see plenty mm -hmm. of her modeling yeah. photos from the 90s. She's not an unattractive individual. She's just got... It's a it's a very particular time and place was the 90s in America. They, they were going for a very specific, odd thing. And uh, she she did it in spades. And she was great at... Uh, at Photographer, uh, photography modeling, obviously, but you know, didn't translate so well Who, to movie who's pictures. Who's the, uh, who's the like the sexy statuesque uh, lady in in Fellini's La Dolce Vita? Who oh, is that? Uh, oh, uh, Eckberg. Anita Eckberg. Yeah. yeah. Anita so she's Eckberg, that, yeah. but like from Texas in the nineties. So, yeah. and if she was doing the fountain <laughs> scene, she would have like fell out her face. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, f f fundamentally, Howard, the issue. Yeah, I fell in the, the fountain, Howard. So the other oh, thing about man. Anna Nicole Smith is she she did these movies, and then uh, she was doing them because after her billionaire husband passed away, um, 
the little, you know, Koch brother rat people kind of crawled out of the woodwork and uh, they were like, no, she doesn't get any money. She married him five minutes ago and he dropped dead. Uh, you know, this, this doesn't belong to her. So this court battle went on for so long that it, it started in the early 90s when this old man passed away. And it continued on for literally two decades. I, I think like 2014 was the last time. Post Anna Nicole Smith's death. Almost a decade. That's, that's post how long. Death. Yeah, they, yeah, they ruled against her infant child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how long this has been going which, on. Which I and, think we can all agree, the great American story. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even in death, win. I will file a lawsuit. And this went all the way to the Supreme Court. Like this yeah. absolutely covered everything. This went back and forth between courts in California and Texas, I think, oh, trying to work man. out. And then, yeah, ultimately up to the Supreme Court. Yeah, you you wanna you wanna talk about you know two two real queens in American culture? Just think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg giving her opinion on Anna Nicole Smith, because that's <laughs> happened before. Uh, you could also talk about how um, you know during the appeal process, George Bush went to bat for Anna Nicole Smith. Like this is like, I I think that's probably Supreme a misrepresentation twice, in many ways. Twice, because I feel like George Bush probably wanted to get the case held uh, as a favor to the Koch brothers to get it dismissed rather than actually going to bat for Anna Nicole Smith. I don't know. I mean, we, I guess we'd have to look into it a little bit deeper. But yeah, it's like, was he trying to help his disgusting dark money um, oh, I mean, you know, it's, pig it, men? Always. It's or was he horny? <laughs> Fair enough. He didn't become president <laughs> after losing an election by not helping the dark money guys. <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, come on. Uh, so, yeah, so this is all going on. And then she, she does these two movies, uh, which are of uh, dubious quality. But yes. also, you know what? If, if this was rewritten a little bit and had a little bit of a spit shine to it, you throw in Brian Bosworth. I mean, this is, this is pretty much par for the course 90s action. And then the third film that we're going to discuss today is not... <laughs> that um so anna nicole had a brief cultural resurgence and uh so the e, e channel had an early reality tv show um about anna nicole smith called the anna nicole show uh this is notable because it was i mean you you had the real world in the 90s and then in the early 2000s, you had like Survivor and Big Brother, like the competition based reality. But um, this kind of lifestyle reality show, the stuff that we see like with the Kardashians and um, I mean, pretty much anything on Bravo now, uh, Real Housewives, things like that, that that form hadn't really been developed yet. So Anna Nicole Smith's show, the Anna Nicole show, it was in a lot of ways kind of a test case for what this stuff would look like eventually. And it was very raw, to say the least. So imagine, if you will, a grown adult woman, her lecherous lawyer, who, like, now, retrospectively, we know that he was, he was a bad person. But not knowing anything about him, you just watch him on this show and you're like, oh, my God, he is clearly just, like, throwing Valium at her like it's candy and she's just catching it in her mouth. Like, just, she's fucked up on this show. And he is clearly the one orchestrating her getting fucked up. And 
So it's her, him, uh, her interior designer, and then her assistant, Kimmy. Uh, and, and they basically just get fucked up and complain about things and then roll around on the ground. And this, this went on for about three seasons. So there was you a can watch that on YouTube. There was a, there was a chihuahua. Oh, yeah, Sugar Pie. Yeah. Sugar Pie, the, the, the dog, yeah. Uh, you could watch this on YouTube, but in a shocking twist, uh, not only can you watch some episodes on YouTube, but there's actually more clips of unaired footage on YouTube than there are actual episodes. There's an entire channel, and all they've done is, like, upload weird B-roll and unused clips from the Anna Nicole Smith show. It's a whole channel just with this weird shit on it. So that's fucking strange. Anyways, she does this, and uh, basically, all she she becomes you know popular again. But uh, is is the punchline to every joke on every late night show? Uh, you know, SNL, Mad TV, all that shit. They're just like, oh, look at the stupid woman on drugs, popping pills, and being an idiot. And then, and then you think you think it's over because her show gets canceled. And you're like, well, she's gonna take a handful of drugs and, and die, and then it'll be sad and whatever. No, no, no. Uh, well, yes, she's got yes, a, yes. She's got a third act here. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, eventually. But she, uh, during this period, she gains a substantial amount of weight, to say the least. And then she, uh, she hooks up with a, a, a diet pill company called Trim Spa. Now, you might remember Trim Spa because they got the shit suit out of them because they weren't selling legitimate diet pills. Jack, can you believe that? An early 2000s company hires Anna Nicole Smith. It's not actual safe medical weight loss pills. Boy, I find it hard to believe, yeah, that Anna Nicole Smith could come be, become the face of something that is unhealthy and uh, ill-advised. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it turns out Trim Spa was, was just uh, ephedra and caffeine. So that would be like if you took a bunch of Sudafed and slammed a Monster Energy drink. <laughs> sounds Which, like Monday. Yeah, uh, it'll put a little pep in your step, but boy, not good for the heart long term. Uh, so they, they get the shit suit out of them. Anna Nicole is no longer the trim spa model, so she gets off the trucker speed. Uh, and then things get weird because she does... The final movie we're going to discuss, which is called Illegal Aliens. Um, and then in the span of like literally two weeks, she has a baby. Her 20-year-old son dies by her side in the hospital while visiting her and the baby. And then she dies. And later it is revealed that she had like 14 different drugs in her system. Um, and like 11 of which weren't even prescribed to her because... They were in the name of, you guessed it, the shitty lawyer guy. Can we also mention that that man's name is Howard Stern? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Her shitty, lecherous lawyer's name is Howard Stern, but not the Howard Stern that you know. Right. It's yeah. a different one. So you've, this is all very grim and depressing, and, and we haven't even discussed Hugh Hefner, who is also obviously involved in all of this at some mm -hmm, stage. Mm -hmm. and, you know, no story is going to get more pleasant when you involve Hugh Hefner, so. Yeah, um, I mean, he he was kind of instrumental in, in launching her career because uh, the, the reason she was skyrocketed into the, you know, the cultural zeitgeist was because I think she was she was Playmate of the Year in like 1992, 93, something yep, like that. Somewhere in there. 
A little centerfold action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there you go. And uh, your mileage may vary. If you like the, uh, you know, the, the 90s style breast implants, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I got the I got the I got the Cadillac and '90s breast implants for you. <laughs> this this whole thing, like I'm not I'm not particularly familiar with Anna Nicole Smith. Kind of some of the vagaries past transatlantic, but I mean she was never a figure like Pamela Anderson was. Like Pamela Anderson was like a legitimate actress feature, you know. On she had films, she had TV, she had a lot of TV, and it was real TV. Was it good? You know, uh, you can discuss that among yourselves, but like. Pamela yeah. Anderson was a real, a real actress of some type. Oh, Anna Nicole she's, Smith. She's Meryl fucking Streep. I would rather sure. watch every episode of VIP than <laughs> ten well, minutes no, of illegal that's, that's aliens. Absolutely it. Like, like Pamela Anderson is, you know, she she's at least professionally capable of acting. Whether she yeah. has great depths and insight, you know, we argue among yourselves. Maybe I think some of her cinema is really not that bad. Uh, but yeah, Anna Nicole Smith is was a glamour model. First yeah. and foremost, that's how she made her name. She is not an actress. She never was. Uh, two of these films are directed by Raymond Martino, who apparently was also her acting coach. Uh, moved mm-hmm. along by the aforementioned Howard Stern. These men were just taking advantage of her. Like a, a real acting coach would have told Anna, "You can't act. Like you, you. It's not working. It's not there." there's no spark there's no hidden depths there's no you know the camera the camera loves her maybe as a as a model but in 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 film she's just inert and it doesn't help that the movies are not good either so it's just unfortunate that all like she was going to become the butt of so many jokes for so many reasons already um and then on top of that this this her dream you know attempt to become relevant through becoming an actress was just, you know, just another another pipe dream for her and something that was propped up by people who, frankly, were more interested in making money off her than just telling her maybe to try something else. And it's that's what these movies are. I mean, these movies are all awful. It's it's totally a, a product of the era, too, because this and this is the really sad thing. You know, it's it's just like how everyone's sort of like reevaluating like, oh, man. We sure were shitty to Britney Spears in 2006. It's like, yeah, you fucking were. Yeah. Like, what? yeah. <laughs> Remember her reality show? Because she had one too, Britney and K-Fed. Let's, let's watch the crazy lady shave her head. That was, that was a whole thing. It was, it was a big thing. So it, this is a total product of the era, and it's just all these people in plain sight just exploiting the shit out of her. Whereas if we had, if we had Anna Nicole Smith now, if, if, somehow you could transport everything that she'd done, everything that happened, just who she was before she was completely exploited. Um, I mean, now it's like all these people would probably be called out by the internet and just mobbed for being obvious lecherous monsters. And she still wouldn't be able to act, but she would be making probably $5 million a month on OnlyFans. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah, think yeah. about like, I mean, it, it's it's hard to contextualize because she, like, uh, and this is mentioned in the documentary that they, the director of Illegal Aliens posthumously made. Like, it was, it, it's, uh, I don't know. There's in, some interesting material in that, but I don't know that I could recommend uh, watching it. But if you're going to watch any of this stuff, I suppose it would be the thing to watch, which is Addicted to Fame by uh, David Giancola. Uh, 
which I, I love. I love that there is a documentary about the movie Illegal Aliens, like yeah. the making. Like, there's a full tilt boogie for Illegal Aliens, right? But one of his like one of the factoids in there is that Anna Nicole Smith was like the second highest reported news item in the year 2007 behind the Iraq War. Right. And uh <laughs> Jesus, yeah. why? Which is insane. Yes. And it is it's I mean to contextualize this further, you mentioned Britney Spears and the treatment of Anna Nicole Smith obviously, which is all absolutely despicable and it was just completely unchecked. Every TV show was running like late every late night host was just basically churning out jokes making belittling these women the entire entertainment mechanics of everything was basically you know leeching off what they were doing just to make fun of them it's kind of like i realize fourth wave feminism which is kind of like the current wave of feminism is pretty much built on the back of how badly mistreated these women were in the 90s and early 2000s it was like that's like almost the catalyst for like there was, like, in the 90s, it was kind of the girl power and kind of that consumerist kind of lipstick feminism kind of movement. You know, it's Spice like, girls. hey, maybe, if, yeah, you know, maybe if, if, if women buy the right products and, you know, become empowered through the machinery, we can affect change. And it pretty much transpired into the women getting subsumed into the machinery and just getting turned into just tit jokes, basically. And it kind of, you know, it was realization that it wasn't working. And it, it, frankly, like, Anna Nicole Smith was so horrifically treated and so much of this was so off the chain that we pretty much have an entire modern field of feminism designed to basically scream back at this yeah it's it's incredible and i mean these movies are just such i, I don't know in any other circumstance they'd just be kind of crappy and stupid but it really is incredible to kind of wrap my head around how vicious everyone was to Anna Nicole Smith at this time or or the media was they keep trying to do this like they're doing with with the Britney Spears as well I remember it was, it was a Billy Eichner was on Twitter a while back talking about how it was like guys we need to come to terms with how mean we were to Britney and everyone was like no we fucking don't we always knew that people treated her badly maybe you need to come to terms with it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is true uh you know but but yeah a lot of this certain segment of people Perez Hilton, TMZ, all those assholes, like they're fucking scum of the earth, and they they made careers off these people's backs, what by talking about how stupid and shitty they were, and uh, it's it's just gross, and these movies aren't even fun. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, before we like <laughs> dive in on any specifics of the movies, there's like two more points that I think are important, and one of which is, uh her list uh, like her her uh wor net worth at time of death was like ten thousand dollars of personal property and a admittedly expensive home that was still bank owned so basically uh howard k stern uh outstanding gentleman that he is also attempted to claim paternity on her uh newborn daughter which was not true um but presumably he, he would do this because she still had court case pending against the uh, the Koch brothers potentially inheriting half a billion dollars or something but uh yeah I mean, he was already in pretty deep like he, he had been trying to get billions of dollars since like like 1994 so yeah yeah he's, he's just like i might as well ride it out but it's it's wild to think that the end result is is her daughter after <laughs> all of this fucking traffic generated by uh news media well we can call it news, I guess. Entertainment news media. Uh, 
regarding her and how how she made fucking nothing off any of it. She was she, her daughter inherited less money than probably any of us and most of our listeners will from our fucking bumpkin parents. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. That's I mean that's that's kind of that's the long and short of it. It's uh gross. That's that's some sad shit. Yeah. Um but <laughs> that being said, <laughs> let's talk about some 90s DTV action. Um, now, Steve, are you are you talking about Da Vinci's War sequel to the Limit? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm really glad. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that Jack told me that uh, one of these films, To the Limit, was a sequel because I thought it was just really confusing and poorly written, which it is. But <laughs> part of the reason it is is because I I didn't know it was a sequel, and then once you know it's a sequel, you're like, okay. That's why I'm supposed to care about all these people that I don't actually care about. Um, now, we, we can get into the, the, you know, the, the nuance of that and, and the ridiculous plot, but let me just say, this movie is not without its charms because, <laughs> one, with, within the first, like, five minutes of the movie, there's a guy with a fake mustache, and the fake mustache is visibly falling off. And then instead of like stopping and, and reapplying glue or whatever, the next cut is like a close-up of his face as the mustache is falling off. Uh, so <laughs> nothing but respect for that move. And the other thing is, is To the Limit is one of the few films that I've seen that you know, it walks this line between straight-up softcore and, and like just a straight-up action film. A real, a real fusion, a real... A real uh, cosmic gumbo if you will and i mean how many how many sex scenes are in this film i i think the answer is north of five well but but the best part is is like the sex scenes are they go on for way too long this happens in skyscraper as well the other movie we're going to talk about but in to the limit my favorite part is anna nicole smith no matter what's happening like she's a cia agent and she's got to get the computer disc and somebody's <laughs> trying to kill her she doesn't hesitate to you know Take a little me time, a little self-care. So there's multiple masturbation breaks yep. for her yep. in this movie, uh, which good for her, you know, de-stressing. Which I think fair to say Anna Nicole Smith, like sudsing herself down in the shower on her own, is about the only part of this movie where the person on screen appears to be engaging in something that they are appropriately suited to. Like, yeah. it's it's the only, like, everyone else in this movie, it's worth noting this movie is part of the brainshawl written and starring uh, our favorite Travolta, Joey Travolta, John's older brother, um, who's about 17 years older than Anna Nicole Smith, but decided they were definitely, they should, they should have a sex scene together, because why wouldn't you, I suppose? Everyone in this movie looks like they have no place being there, pretty much. They all look utterly out of place. It is, uh, like my wife described it, it is basically, it is a movie of ugly old men with Anna Nicole Smith mixed into the middle. But that that is literally all it is. It's a bunch of Italian stereotypes. People who randomly proclaim themselves to be CIA or FBI or something <laughs> or other with no backing whatsoever. The entire film appears like everyone was shot separately. The bad guy in particular appears to be in a room on his own for 95% of his time in the film. Yeah. He's like he lit with a pinhole for, for no fucking reason. It's just like pinhole <laughs> lighting on his 
eyes were his fucking goatee. For well, yeah, no, he's he's in this he's in this dark room, and the lamp is constantly just swinging to create that kind of lighting effect. But there's no like, literally, he just chooses to sit in a room with a swinging lamp. Like he just hits it every so often to make to make that happen. He does have my favorite scene in the movie where for, he's like on the phone saying gibberish about the disc because that's all this movie is. <laughs> And then he hangs up the phone and picks up, like, an opium pipe from, like, a fucking stereotypical Chinese opium den that's, like, four feet long, takes a a good hit of opium, and then out of frame comes a woman dressed like a dominatrix and just, like, whips a few candles around on his back. And it's just like, what? Out of nowhere, this just happens, and then we cut to some other gibberish. Yeah, every so often a nude woman appears with him. He also does some other woman earlier who gets topless with him for reasons I was not quite certain about. This movie is impossible to follow because, firstly, I I don't think seeing Da Vinci's War, the first film, would help in any way. I, I don't think that's advisable. There's only one way to know, it. Jack. You should probably watch <laughs> get, it. Get fucked, Steve. Yeah. But, but the movie itself is like, there's endless scenes of dialogue that's like chewed out like the FBI hate the CIA, but we got to team up because there's a disc and it's got information. It's just like endlessly boring plot points. And then it's just people being introduced who don't matter. Like there's no relevancy to, to any of the people there. And that's the whole movie. And it's just like the, the middle section of the movie in particular is just absolutely impossible to care about and the sound isn't good either i don't know if that's part of the production or because this is these are available by the way on 2b tv uh to the limit if you want you want to check it out on the nation's greatest streaming network Tubi, uh, it's there it sounds like crap it's <laughs> difficult to make out what they say it's just this movie is just absolutely anathema to anything enjoyable it's it's peculiar because it's like it has like steve you mentioned it ticks all the boxes of 90s action and it's up there on the screen there are big explosions they crash cars they do gunfights but there is no spark there there's nothing unique or interesting there is nothing in this film you haven't seen a billion times orchestrated mm-hmm. with just a slightly more uh, you know, excitement or engagement from everyone involved. This just feels like a film that was produced by a bunch of people checking their watches over and over again. It's just mind-numbing. And Anna Nicole Smith is in the middle of it as oh. the, like, sexy CIA <laughs> sexy agent or something. Wood. <laughs> yeah, and she's awful. <laughs> and, like, she she is awful. She's just not an actress. That's, you know, whatever. Um... They don't give her anything to do other than basically do weird softcore interludes, which, as I mentioned before, like, frankly, her doing softcore interludes is she's the only person who appears in this movie to actually do something like she's competent in those scenes in a way that nothing else in the movie is competent. Every time someone like picks up a gun and talks tough, they just look like your uncle had one drink too many. It's just like ranting in a mirror. It's absurd. Um, yeah, it's just there's no there's no pleasures here whatsoever this movie is utterly devoid of even cursory interest um yeah the sex so scenes are really the only amusing part right because the the other i suppose best quote-unquote scene for me was probably uh david proval like I, getting fucking lit on fire by a masseuse or something. <laughs> with with uh gasoline I, I, in a body oil know. container yeah 
Yeah, I, I don't understand. Richie Aprile, uh, David Provost, is, is in this movie, and he he can act. I know, I've seen him, <laughs> but he apparently, I guess, before the, the, the Sopranos hired him, would appear in anything. So he's well, in this, and yeah, he's there. This Well, this <laughs> is very much like, I'm not even going to say half-baked. This is like a maybe a quarter-baked Goodfellas wannabe. Uh, and so they have a couple tough-looking gangsterish guys as their actors who are, are surrounding Anna Nicole Smith. But like Jack said, this is this is produced by people who are checking their watches. It kind of it's kind of like the disheartening style of the Paul brothers in that these people have resources to make movies, but when you watch the finished product, you realize oh they have no business making movies. It's just awful, dull dog shit. Yeah, it's uh, like recently um, I watched uh, Vinegar Syndrome released L.A. Wars, uh, which is another absolute like goofy 90s low budget direct to video action movie. And it's got clear limitations. No one's going to mistake this for like a, an A movie or like a big action thing. It's got all the same kind of stuff that this movie has, but it's fun. Whereas this movie never escalates, like everything in this looks ridiculously just kind of boring and like it's almost like i forget like i'm watching it and like a car would explode or a helicopter would explode and they clearly had to get like a little miniature helicopter build a mock-up and blow it up you know this is real stuff it's real filmmaking you just almost check out like it's just so leaden paced and everything yeah the only good part of this movie uh, for me, the one thing I will remember is at one point Anna Nicole Smith is driving a car while guys are chasing behind her shooting at the car and a helicopter is parked on the road and so she just crashes into the helicopter which instantly explodes in a ginormous explosion and the car just drives through continues like totally unscathed it's got a little bit of fire on it and, and it cuts to interior and Anna Nicole Smith's just driving going, oh no! And that's it. That's the, the her reaction yeah. to having no literally just driven straight through a helicopter. Uh, that could very well have been her literal line for all I know. It's just like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> this movie is structured as such that it's like impenetrable. Like, it, it is a mafia movie, I guess, but it doesn't like become that until like. A good half hour in the first half hour is just this wedding where you have no idea who anyone is or what the fuck is happening <laughs> and then it's all of this like interagency bullshit about a computer disc and you're like what the fuck is this movie and then all of a sudden that just gets left behind and they like join up with the mafia and i'm like what in the shit this is it, it this makes no sense the way the thing's structured. You're like, you want to make a mafia movie, then why the fuck do you have that first act? It's just like, uh, it's gonna drive off anyone. It it, it yeah, it, I guess it feeds into. I'm presuming the Da Vinci's Probably, or the original. Yeah. So so the wedding, it's Joey Travolta who plays Frank Da Vinci, who's the main character ostensibly yeah, the in best this movie. Travolta. It's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> who who even needs Saturday Night Fever? So it starts off with him getting married. And I guess if you'd seen the first movie, you go, oh, look, Frank's getting married. <laughs> like anyone give a shit. And then there's just a massive gunfight. And the gunfight is like a, a bunch of armed guys pull up in vans and start shooting randomly. And it is, I, I swear to God, that gunfight feels like it's 20 minutes long. Yeah. And it's just isolated shots of people shooting guns 
over and over and over again. It is mind-numbingly boring as, you know, for a scene that's ostensibly a huge action set piece, it is an incredibly boring sequence. And then I guess Frank turns out like he he's an ex-cop, I think. I guess that was covered in the first movie too, but he was also in the Vietnam War. They have a Vietnam War flashback, which is actually pretty fucking funny because <laughs> it's clearly shot in New Jersey somewhere or whatever. And it's like, I, it's it's amazing because it opens with um like, uh, I think it's I think it's Frank uh, jumping a guy outside this hut, and he literally he just jumps down and like slits his throat, and then they cut to like a longer out shot, and there's nothing near him he could have jumped down from. It's another mystery where he <laughs> came from, and that's and that sums up a lot of the movie. And then it turns out I guess he's got mafia connections, like for you know not in the ba- not in the crooked cop way, but in the like we all grew up together <laughs> kind of way. I think yeah, like basically this movie is basically assumes you have seen enough good movies that have created these sort of plot strands that it doesn't need to clarify anything and it absolutely yeah. refuses to do so no that's that's how it is it's just like everybody they just grew up in the neighborhood and all of his friends are named like you know garlic spaghetti and <laughs> and billy bambino and they just they just hang out and you know you might be uh, making up bambino but that is in fact the name of the crime <laughs> <laughs> it's it no it is it's like it's like what is it like philly bambino bambino and and joey bambino yep, is that yep. are those the two guys uh, yep. the guys yeah there we go yeah i do pay attention to movies sometimes when i'm watching them uh yeah it's it's a, it's a real pile of shit <laughs> yeah we've I, talked about it for I, far too long we had a <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing well and, and then you know the other thing is 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 you go okay well well what about skyscraper um which is like, hey, what's what's the worst version of Die Hard that anyone could possibly conceive of? Or I guess the alternate interpretation would be, what if you wrote the worst version of Die Hard that anyone could conceive of? And then you were like, oh, shit, I just met Anna Nicole Smith. I got to get her in this movie. <laughs> How do we bolt her on? And that's where we are. You give her any role except for the one they gave her, I would, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Jake. I, I think you you believe that that skyscraper is the uh, the the creme de la creme here in our Anna Nicole Smith lineup. Well, it's certainly not to the limit, and uh, I truly I found illegal aliens to be in, completely insufferable. Uh, skyscraper is bad, but every now and then there might be a competent stunt on screen, but it's it's in no no way a reason to watch this film. This mm-hmm. is it is it is terrible. You Jake, described it perfectly. It's the worst. I, I was just say, Jake. I think you summed it up when you watched this by stating that Anna Nicole Smith felt like an extra in her own movie. Like that. That yeah. is skyscraper. Well, I don't know she's, why she's there. She's introduced. She's the she's she's like an Uber driver, but for helicopters. She works for a company <laughs> called Helescort, and a lot of high paying clientele take her services to go around basically downtown Los Angeles. And there's these guys trying to get this device. They need like the four sections of this device uh, from this company called Zytex, which uh, I don't know, it it will give them world domination. And the last piece is in the skyscraper where Nicole makes a drop off and she basically becomes trapped in the skyscraper. 
But then, yeah, she's like off screen for extended periods of time. It's not like she turns into John McClane and has to kill everybody one by one. She's like kind of just off doing her own thing and is like like tens of minutes go by without her really appearing. Right. And, and her then, skill yeah. set is baffling because she's introduced as like a helicopter pilot. So you think yeah, her yeah, being able to pilot helicopters would be an integral part of the storyline. She never gets in a helicopter again in the movie once she's landed at the skyscraper. She's just a lady in a building. And then yeah. there's vague overtures to her having some kind of like training or she, she's being tough. Ultimately, it translates down to she is tough enough to be a mama bear for someone else's kid, which means she can definitely have a kid of her own. That's her character arc with her mm-hmm. gruff cop boyfriend yeah. who also ends up in the building and, and, but is in the movie for like yeah. fucking five minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes one of the about three and a half of those being a sex scene i believe with anna nicole smith well there's actually oh, yeah. two there's right because there's the the one at the open and then there's also the oh, there's a picnic, <laughs> the, picnic the, picnic the picnic takes place in the middle of all the action she just goes to an empty office and fantasizes about this time they had sex on this picnic <laughs> And that goes on for another five minutes. Yeah, so maybe he's in it a little longer. I'll give him ten minutes, but he's totally absent from the bulk of the movie. He's not even like, they don't even like cut away to him, like having reactions outside the fucking skyscraper or something. He's just not in the movie. But imagine daydreaming in 90s softcore, like (laughs) recollecting your life like that. Awful. We should mention the main bad guy in this, uh, played by Calvin Levels, is... One of the, like, they've clearly, they watched Die Hard a couple of times. They copy everything they can from this. So Alan Rickman's very erudite, suave villain becomes a guy who just randomly recites Shakespeare completely outside of context and apparently has an IQ of 175. Because if you do that, then you know Shakespeare. That's how those interlink. And that's all he does. He just walks around the place going, Parting is such sweet sorrow! And it's like, okay, that's, and that's literally his entire character is just man who says Shakespeare lines unprompted over and over again. And yeah. uh, honestly, he's kind of one of the better things in the movie because the actor is just like, he's ratcheting the hell up. Um, yeah, th- this movie is definitely better than To The Level. Like Jake mentions, it has some it has some really good stunts. Although again, there is just this lack of a spark to it and also a carelessness like there's one scene i noticed um where they shoot a hostage and every gunshot in this console like a big blood explosion because you know they're very edgy and what like you know why else would you watch this if not for like violence and blood and stuff um but in one of them they clearly didn't i guess put in the dye packet or something so they literally shoot her and just clear liquid explodes out of her and i think that's a great summation of the movie it's just like careless uh, so they have a lot of like falls where a guy is falling, you know, obviously doing a free fall off the edge of the building. I don't know if they got multiple guys to do or they just have like three different cameras on the same fall. I'd kind of was zoned out at that point. Again, like there's some real stuff happening in the movie, but it is just utterly impossible to become invested in it. This is, no. you know, Die Hard has been ripped off and rejigged so many times. This is, I think, well, the well- worst <laughs> one i've ever seen <laughs> i mean the joke you would hear in the 90s is like speed is oh it's die hard on a bus this is just die hard in a building but i was already in a building <laughs> die hard in a skyscraper uh, they take their time getting to the building the, the whole thing uh, again these setups of these these great martino films here where it's just like 
couldn't we have like a MacGuffin? You know, oh, they're going for this microchip because always with some computer bullshit. But no, they're going for four pieces of a microchip, three of which are not in the fucking titular skyscraper. We're following them to all these fucking things. It's like just get to your bottle, <laughs> get to the fucking bottle, people. I don't know. It, this movie is like it's more competent, I suppose, but it's also there's no like standout things in here, and. Anna Nicole Smith is in a far, like, less appropriate role. Like, her casting her as action hero is just, it feels insane. Like, she'll be, like, walking down a hallway, and it just doesn't look like she can physically do that. It just looks so wrong on screen. It's like, this person can't walk, uh, but I'm supposed to believe they're, like, fucking dangling off a building in a ridiculous stunt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, sure. That's right, yeah. she wins fist fights and things. And again, like, it, her whole arc, as I say, comes to, like, a, <laughs> one of my favorite things in this movie is there's just a kid, we don't know who's or why, there's just this kid riding around this skyscraper on a big wheel with a puppy tucked into his shirt, like a real live puppy. And he's clearly too old to be on a big wheel. It just looks insane. He's 10 years old, and spoiler alert, he's Anna Nicole Smith's actual son, Daniel, who would be dead 10 years later. Uh, just, you know, let's recontextualize among how shitty all of this actually is. Yep, yep. But it's just, it's such a funny image to have this kid ride in with this puppy tucked in. Like, they're just, look, you know what we're doing. You've seen movies. We're just, you know, here's the signifiers. Do what you will with it. And, it, like, literally all they can fi- figure out for this woman who looks so inappropriate in every scene of this thing is basically that she has a maternal instinct and an internal toughness. Like, she, she can go mama bear enough that at the end of this movie, she convinces her boyfriend that they should have a child together. And that's that's the payoff. <laughs> that's, like, that's the win position of Skyscraper. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene where, just real quick, with that kid with the big wheel where she and him hide under a desk and they have a full conversation and I could not tell you who is the better actor between the two of them. It's the family business. I can't. It was the, it's just really beautiful. That's that's oh, beautiful. Man. I uh yeah, I I don't know. These these were these were rough, but hey, you know what's you know what's rougher maybe? I don't know. Uh we fast forward. We hit the fast forward button 10 years later. What is uh what is Master Thespian Anna Nicole Smith up to? Oh, and, uh, boy, is she up to something. Oh, man. Uh, I'll go to bat you know, on this one. This is the uh, best of the lot as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Screw you guys. That's what I want to hear. Uh, fucking uh, Jack Eason going into chaos mode here. Jack Eason uh, fucking ultimo ghoul. He's like, oh, I love watching this person kill themselves on fucking screen. Like, Adam, that was going to happen anyway. <laughs> that was already yeah. occurring. This well, movie, at least, is something in the spirit of camp, vaguely, <laughs> possibly by accident. I'm pretty sure that's just Chida. Like, Chida is the only person who gets that it's camp and it's fucking going whole hog with the thing, I guess. But, yeah, another person yeah, which, who died. by the way, this movie, also, <laughs> this movie also stars uh, former WWE superstar, uh, also uh, left us too soon, China. China from WWE, the, uh, the woman wrestler, is here. And, uh, so many she... sad stories in the world, and somehow they all seem to just fucking intertwine here. Oh god! Yeah, this is this is the saddest, <laughs> and it's a comedy. 
Jack, I'd like you to explain the acting styles of Anna Nicole Smith and China in this film, and then tell us again why this one's your favorite. So this is obviously still an extremely bad film. Uh, there, there's no denying mm -hmm. that. Uh, this is a story of three uh, shape-shifting aliens, although only one of them shapes <laughs> or shifts shape once they arrive. Something they don't actually explain any further. They arrive on Earth to do some business or whatever, and then another alien arrives, and they're the bad guy, and they're gonna destroy the Earth so they can move their home planet there. And the illegal aliens have to have to intervene. And there's three of them, and one of them's Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, it's this is essentially a zany, like quote unquote zany comedy, but it's slapdash, careless production. It's it's one of those films that doesn't break the fourth wall because that's you know a fun thing you can do sometimes. It's one that breaks the fourth wall because honestly, at a certain point, it understands that like there's nothing coherent here anyway. Like there is no fourth wall. There's nothing sticking. The whole thing is a disaster. You might as well just have people say things and see if it works out. China gives a performance in this that is absolutely mind melting. Uh, like there's scenery chewing and there's just like running the scenery through a wood chipper. And that's pretty much her. She is just like doing weird growls and guttural noises and twisting her face up. And frankly, you know, whatever. She's the best thing in the movie, probably. Yeah. So, so good for her. Anna Nicole Smith is, I mean, she is clearly under the influence of drugs. That's her in the movie. She just, she can barely string a sentence together. Um, She just looks completely bewildered and out of place. She's playing the goofy, kooky, silly alien. She does a weird baby voice for the entire thing. You know, mm. all this, sure, it's terrible, but... I've seen enough action movies that Skyscraper and To The Limit are just absolutely nothing. They are just like silent farts of cinema. They will be remembered by no one and nothing. Yeah. And this Illegal Aliens has loud something. farts. <laughs> yes, got, it has, it has actual, farts. actual yeah. farts in it. Illegal Aliens is something. It is mostly a tragedy documented accidentally in a feature film. But other than that, it it is an arch camp nonsensical vanity project and uh that's that's cinema ultimately i can't wait for this Jack's is cinema fucking 2022 film of the year rust <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh. uh well I, I will say illegal aliens has a, a couple of great things going for it first of all there is a scene in this movie where uh two of the other characters are giving us dialogue that basically functions as lazy needless exposition and as they're doing that anna nicole smith's character is in the bathroom taking a shit and you just hear her like giant wet farts over these two people talking and i respect that uh second this is i mean it's, it's truly the metamorphosis of of the 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 cinema of anna nicole smith it's it's the uh the evolution if you will the, the caterpillar into the butterfly because we know with To the Limit and Skyscraper, two very helicopter-focused films. <laughs> and uh, as someone was kind enough to point out on Twitter to me when I was talking about this movie, um, if you go to the Skyscraper like IMDb trivia page, it's just like one guy talking about the helicopters the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, one guy who's pissy cool. that she's wearing like a G suit, and he's like, she would if she's just like a lowly piddling pedestrian helicopter pilot, commercial helicopter pilot, she wouldn't have one of those. 
It's yeah. like, okay. Real, real heli heads, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, they gave it to her because it was so flattering to fucking throw her that potato sack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then in To the Limit, obviously the best scene, as Jack mentioned, is when Anna Nicole Smith uh, just kind of all blase about it, drives a car through a flaming helicopter, uh, which is cool. And now, now finally, in Illegal Aliens, she gets to become an actual Apache helicopter uh, because of the power of shape-shifting. And this is, this is, I mean, you know, consistent throughout the movie where obviously Anna Nicole Smith was not in any state to actually be acting in a film. Uh, and even if she was, I don't think we'd want her there anyways because she's not doing the best job on screen. So uh, they would have her shape-shift into things and she finally gets to become an attack helicopter. And, and it's worth... It's worth noting at this point, Anna Nicole Smith is a producer on this film. Like, she invested yeah. in this and then was barely even able to partake in it, which yeah. is that that's where we're at. Her son was also a producer. He came on as like a to learn the ropes, became mm -hmm. a producer. And, and didn't and the shithead director like he, the director was like, oh, if, if you don't like get your shit together and clean up your act, I'm going to rewrite the movie and turn you into a banana. Yeah, like, yeah, that was fuck? a running thing, apparently, was he, because, because, yeah, she was not showing up on set and everything, and it was just, diff it's difficult to make a movie when one of the actors won't come on set, and when they do, they can't remember the lines, and then keeps insisting on writing new lines instead, uh, to make things funnier, etc., which, you know, it's the classic actor-producer thing, you know, she paid her money into this two-bit production to make it a three-bit production, and she is the uh, entirely unwelcome third bit to what they had already put together, but they needed her money, they wanted her money, they wanted her... Basically, they, I mean, the director of this thing had the chance to get Anna Nicole Smith and China, two troubled performers at this juncture. Uh, the film uh, was uninsurable. Titans of cinema. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? At the same time, the film was uninsurable. They they couldn't actually get insurance, a completion bond for the film, which is standard, you know, that if, if something happens, you would get some kind of a payout. Um, They couldn't even do that. And Nicole Smith and China were both considered uninsurable. But he just went ahead and made this movie and then just bitched about them the whole time as if he, like, as if there's some fucking mad mystery that if you hire Anna Nicole Smith at this point in her life things might be difficult to work with. China apparently handled herself really well in this. And like yeah. I say, she is the best thing in the movie. And Nicole oh, Smith yeah. is clearly a train wreck at this point. Uh, and no, is, China's you know, got I've, some like Al Pacino, Glengarry Glenn Ross shit going on. Like she's just, she's just living her best life out there. And uh, yeah. I, I think this is an incredible performance by China. And then we have her two, there, there's two lead actresses as well uh, who are just, just there, God bless them. Uh, they're just they're, there's like three other people in the movie who are, you know, trying to act, and they're just sort of like the glue that barely holds the whole thing together. But like I say, I mean, this is so much easier for me to watch than the previous two. This at least is something unfolding on screen. It's it's a disaster. We but almost it's a didn't distinct get it too. Thing. Sure, because we shouldn't have probably. Well. I mean, it, I, we, we didn't get it in the sense that, like, it was buried for years and years because, you know, Anna Nicole Smith passed away. And this this movie, I mean, if this would have came out in 2007, this director probably would have been fucking prosecuted. Uh, but we're, I mean, we are fortunate because when we suggested this, we found uh, Skyscraper Into the Limit on Tubi. 
uh, because of course they're on Tubi. They're the most Tubi fucking movies you can think of. <laughs> and we were like, oh no, where is Illegal Aliens? You go to YouTube. Illegal Aliens is, is someone was kind enough to upload it to YouTube. And they uploaded it just weeks, weeks ago. So how, how serendipitous is that, that we were able to, to watch Illegal Aliens? And how does that feel for you, Jake? You know, it's like the heavens aligned, and uh, it, it, as if it was our mission, after all, to, to take such a horrible topic and the about the life of Anna Nicole Smith and how it seemed to have been wasted and watch three bad movies to commemorate her stardom, I guess you could say. I don't know. Her presence. Well, uh, yeah, her I, presence. Mean, I, think, I think this film certainly captures a presence, and it, it's really... If you'd like to see what the just vulture nature of American entertainment media can do to a human being, uh, illegal aliens. It's, it's it really captures that. It is someone in freefall, someone who's someone who has a bunch of terrible people giving her terrible advice, who got her on the screen because they want to money. They want to make money off her back, and that's the movie. And it, it's awful, but at the same time, all those movies are like this. Uh, all of them are. Uh, Anna Nicole Smith shouldn't be in movies fun functionally she's not an actress uh, and this one is at least kind of throws caution to the wind in a few places this at least to me feels like it's in the tradition of a struggling B picture uh, it just so happens that there's a whole bunch of like icky politics underneath it it's worth noting um, David Giancola who directed this movie uh, Adam previously mentioned he made a documentary after this called Addicted to Fame which kind of charts uh, the making of this movie and it's 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 a pretty it's a really good documentary actually um but not for the reasons he thinks it is it's a film that's kind of a useful kind of um gathering of all of the awful shit that was being said about Anna Nicole Smith around the production and stuff the only thing that's really funny about the movie is that uh David Giancola seems to suggest that he is not part of the same rabble trying to profiteer off Anna Nicole Smith when he clearly was. He hired her, he let her come in as a producer, He and, and then he just started complaining about her like ruining his picture. And it's like, wh why would you hire her at this juncture unless you were looking for a slice of the action? Like, it's absurd. Um, but other than that, uh, the, the, yeah, this film is, uh, it's, it's something, but the director is kind of shitty... The whole film breaks down. I mean, the film is shot around the lead actress, effectively. And Nicole Smith is not in large chunks of this movie. And it's it's basically just a loud high school production falling apart in front of your eyes. And so, yeah, if if you have 95 minutes to spare, yeah, go for it. Why not? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> don't, it. Why don't not? Don't do it. Uh, no. I mean, you'd be better to watch uh, The Doc, probably. But I... I Yes, I it, I don't know if I would phrase that as good either, just because it just feels like it. it I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot of fascinating subject matter about it. Uh, and Nicole Smith's final year there, but well, it's it's like the Titicut Follies, uh, in that you know, like Fred Wiseman shot that documentary, and the warden of that institution clearly envisioned himself as some kind of like a visionary, like he wanted to be on camera. And he comes off in that movie as just an arch villain. He comes off as just the most ginormous piece of shit you could imagine. 
the the addicted to fame uh, documentary is pretty much that, but for the director of illegal aliens. Yeah, yeah. I guess the yeah. the difference is that this was not directed by Wiseman; it was directed by the piece of shit. So, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah it takes the form of like an e expose. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's just like a long like the whole thing. He's narrating, and he's just like desperately <laughs> pleading with you that he's he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> And it's just like... Oh, he's a victim of circumstance. Yeah. And, and other people... Oh, the media were so cruel to him as the poor director of this movie. And oh, it was so difficult to have to work with Anna Nicole Smith. She wasn't professional like him. And he was working so hard to get this great movie off the ground. And it's... No, none of that is fucking real. Like, this is... This is absolute, like, cash-in cinema... Uh, you know, like, we're just going to try and put a movie together and then uh, someone actual famous got involved and it was like, you were going to milk them for all you could and it backfired on you badly. And that's that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of fascinating to see it unfold the way it did where basically what the documentary is chronicling is the fact that after they shot this is the year where Anna Nicole Smith is in front of the Supreme Court She's on Entertainment Tonight every goddamn day. And this movie, which if you had seen this movie, it would seem inexplicable. But this movie was regularly featured on network television just because Anna Nicole Smith was in it. Like, this is not a movie that anyone who watches network television should ever fucking get within 10 feet of. But uh, nonetheless, it was like a regularly featured thing. Uh so they are basically like the producers, the scumbags floating around Anna Nicole Smith and this uh, Giancolo fella are like consulting with publicists going, oh, we, we got something here. Let's time this right for get the best Q rating here. And then things spectacularly fall apart. And it's nice to see these assholes fucking eat shit because, yeah, uh, her son dies and they're like, oh, I guess we can't release the movie now. And then she dies, and they're like, well, I guess we can't release the movie ever. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, it, it's just like, it's nice to say fuck you to these assholes, I guess. But unfortunately, it, it had to come at the expense of people's lives. Yeah, it's an enormous price to see some really shitty people have their just desserts. It's it's not really a payoff, but like like many things in real life, it's the best we've yeah, got. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well... On the other hand, Illegal Aliens has the scene where China walks into a bar full of, like, Italian mobsters and says, Hey, I want to talk to Tony. And the joke is that everybody in there is Italian and named Tony. So Right, you see, maybe, I think that's, maybe that's it was a worth pretty good it. joke. That's, yeah, you see, that there's good. one or two okay jokes in this movie. Like, like frankly, mm -hmm. I, really, I really don't think this movie is exceptionally bad, honestly. I think it, <laughs> it is of a pretty standard tilt for a half-baked bad idea film extrapolated to its logical conclusion it's fine it's i definitely you do not need to seek this out there's no value in it particularly it's just kind of like one more unfortunate event in the life of someone who pretty much strung together a bunch of unfortunate events um yeah that that's about it though <laughs> well hey on that bright note uh, Jake, what are you putting over this week? Uh, I'm going to put over John Carpenter's Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Uh, I've never seen it. Back to you, Steve. hey Uh Myros, <laughs> what are you putting over this week? Uh, Jesus Christ. 
my brain has been shattered by all this fucking madness. I'm putting over my good friends, the Koch brothers. You know, I think they did right in all of this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to get the economy back on track. Uh, that is one thing I did learn from Tubi. So, uh, you know, I, I have decided to, uh, to sign up to be a DoorDash driver because, uh, you know, they told me I needed to get back to work so I could buy things. And I, I'm just, you know, we mm. got to do our part these days. Yeah. And the best way to do your part is to bring a, a euro and French fries to some some guy yes. at his apartment. Yes. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Jack, what are you putting over this week? It, I just remember Adam Adam cruelly skipped me in the last cast for the putovers. I wasn't able oh my, to put this want... over the last time. Ah, uh, so so I am gonna put over uh, the porn I was gonna put over last time because <laughs> I because aside from watching some Anna Nicole Smith movies, the best movies I actually watched were hardcore pornography. So you know, as as happens, so uh, Cafe Flesh. It's it's somewhat famous. It's not really famous. No porns are actually really that famous, but it's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, all things ex- uh, considered, it's like early '80s experimental porn, uh, directed by the guy who designed the one sheet posters for like Dressed to Kill, which I later found out he made a porno on the set of that photo shoot. So there is actually in another oh, wow. film of his Night Dreams. There is a sequence that starts off like the poster for Dress to Kill. He also did one sheets for like The Fog and The Fun House and a couple other big movies. Uh, he was like an art designer for like Larry Flint's magazine empire. Like these were like real guys doing a lot of interesting work. And they decided in the early 80s to make porn that was experimental. Porn was kind of like changing in the early 80s. They were moving away from like the narrative stuff. I think they were like getting more comfortable with just doing whatever they wanted. They didn't have to pretend to be real films, quote-unquote, like the 70s day where they're like, look, we have to have a story or else the government will get on our back. Uh, and by the 80s, they're like, look, we can do whatever we want. So they made really weird films, and Cafe Flesh is basically a post-apocalyptic porno about people who can't feel sexual desire and people who can, and the people who can't just watch the people who can. And it's it's a really weird film, and it's it's not sexy um, if you <laughs> if you're willing to like try and crank one out to cafe flesh good luck to you it's a really bizarre film but honestly well worth checking out i was actually quite impressed with it so yeah yeah do watch that and do not watch any of these movies we've just devoted an entire fucking episode to oh my god i can't believe that adam myros cut you out last week i'm so sorry about that uh you know what uh, this week, I'm going to be putting over uh, a movie I just got in the mail today, uh, Labyrinth of Cinema, which, uh, much like Jake, I ha- haven't seen it, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to put it over uh, based on two things here. One, legitimately, not not even kidding, as far as like single film releases go, it's what probably the nicest thing I have. It's it's very pretty. It's like a steel book with like a, a, a plastic semi clear slip that goes over it. And it's got stuff on the ends. It's really nice. It's very nice. Maybe not quite as nice as like the, the Dawn of the Dead box, but w- whatever, whatever. Second Sight does good shit too. This is from Crescendo House. I, this is their very first thing they've ever released. Is that right? Yep. Jack, it tell is. me I'm right. Yeah, no, you, you were right. They got some more stuff coming, but hell of a start. Hell of a start. Hell of a start. It's it's really it's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous release. Um, 
it's from it's the Obiashi's final film is the guy who did House. Uh, maybe in, in a better world, we'd be doing uh, his movies instead of Anna Nicole Smith. But here we are, folks. So, yeah, that's a podcast for another time. Anyways, pick it up. There's the limited release is still available. You can get it. Uh, they they just shipped them out. They're starting to land at people's doorsteps now. So fucking get one already. What are you waiting for? Other than that, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's some links that you can click on in the description. Particularly, we would like you to click on the Patreon one so you can give us all of your hard-earned money. And uh, maybe Adam Myros can work a few less DoorDash uh Steve, it's not about compensation. It's about helping the economy get back on track. That's you're right. You're right. He's just he's doing his part for all you. So, uh, yeah, you can you can give us money. You could just give us a couple bucks. That'd be fine. And if you do that, no matter how much you give us, you automatically from from me, I will ship you a movie, a movie from my personal collection. Is it a Blu-ray? Is it a DVD? Is it a laser disc? a VHS tape, a beta tape. You have no idea what you're going to get. Maybe you're going to get one of Jack's weird pornos from a Super 8 camera that he's got laying around his house. You don't know. You don't know anything. So, uh, yeah, just give us a couple bucks. I'll send you a movie. Uh, Also, you get access to our special Patreon feed, and that has all kinds of uh, previous, you know, written and, and podcast material that we've done and all exclusive shit. So there you go all these wonderful things and at higher tiers, you can even tell us what to do. So, you know, maybe you could be like, Hey, do, do a special episode on, uh, the weird, like pseudo porn documentary that Anna Nicole Smith did in the mid nineties. And Jack would have to watch that. And, (laughs) you know, Jack, did you know that one more little Anna Nicole Smith, uh, tidbit, Anna Nicole Smith lost a, a sexual harassment lawsuit uh, for $850,000 because of an incident in the early 90s where uh, she sexually harassed her maid. And then when she made this pseudo-documentary day-in-the-life porno movie, uh, basically the whole movie is her uh, having sex with the hired help. So there you go. Um, that it Truly art imitating life. Another art. great decision in yeah in a, in a lifetime of great decisions. Truly, truly. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, and uh, if you want to contact us, if you got any uh, questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, suggestions, uh, helicopter trivia, you can send that to optimismvaccine at gmail dot com, or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine, and probably would love to hear from you. I guess. Uh, Jake, final words yours. Stay in school, kids.